Good morning. Welcome to church. Thank you for joining us. What a privilege to share God's word. What a privilege to make time in our day to just spend time with God's word together with other Christians throughout the UK, throughout other, other parts of the world. Um, I really do appreciate it that you made time today um, to follow this sermon. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for for everything we received unconditionally from you. That you are this amazing creator of heaven and earth. And if we look around and see how seasons change and how the our nature goes into a time of, of rest, it's amazing to know that you created that. You are the author of life. You are the author of our lives. And when we pray this morning, it is because we believe that you are the God that gives life, that sustains life, that work in our hearts. A God that loves us. That's why we came. That's why we listen. That's why we want to be here this morning. To listen to your word. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Philippians, Philippians chapter 1. Um, Paul is in prison and from prison he writes the letter and he writes as follows. Uh, Philippians 1, we start at verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray for you with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that you began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and promise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace court and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. I would venture, I would venture to say that we live in a time when it's a luxury, a luxury for people to agree on anything. And we know that in politics, we maybe see it the best, how, how people disagree, how the next politician promises the next best thing, and we know how that normally works out. But, but, but the same often happens in church. We don't have an healthy history of living <coughs> together with our differences. We don't have a healthy history of agreeing to agree on the greater thing and accept our differences. How do we know what's really important? How do we know what's the one thing that makes a difference in faith and in church? 
because there are many different opinions, many voices uh, with ideas about this. Some people will say, some groups will say that what's important in church is to have the right symbols and, and the right sacraments and the right structures. Others again will emphasize the experience of the direct working of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that's going with that. Another group will demand that our teachings must be sound and pure and right and we must just follow the right rules. For some, the Bible is the most important. They will say that just do what the Bible says. Others want to see fruit in people's lives and say, it doesn't matter what you believe, I want to see it in your life. That matters. Or maybe the most important is when you spend time alone with the Lord. Maybe nothing is more important than that. Or there's opinions that say, as long as you're saved, everything is fine. It's almost as if the more groups there are, the more opinions we have about this. What do you say? What's for you the most important in a relationship with Jesus Christ? What's it for you? What's the one non-negotiable in your faith? You see, if we look at life, life will tell you that that which you are willing to spend time on and what you easily make sacrifices for is a good indicator of what is most important in your life. That which you spend time on and what you easily make sacrifices for. What's most important for us in church? Or maybe we must ask, what do we spend time on? On, on what are we willing to make sacrifices? In verse 10, Paul comes and he says, um, I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. So that you will be able to discern what is best. Or in another translation, so that your priorities can be right. Paul say, if you want to figure out what's the most important thing in faith, let's start it at another place. Our love must grow. It's only when your love grows, when your love becomes deeper, that your head and your heart starts to change, when your life starts to change, when your opinion about things start to change, when the way you act, act towards people change. It's only when your love grows. It's in how you love and whom you love and when you love that you will know. Our love must grow. Our love must grow deeper and deeper. And that will result in, in a different way you think and a different way you feel and a different way you act. Verse 9 says um, that your love may abound more and more and in knowledge 
and depth of insight that you may understand that you may have the discernment if, if your love doesn't grow it doesn't happen it doesn't help uh, help that you have all the knowledge in the world not going to help you and 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 Paul is not talking about something sentimental here Paul says it's a conviction that changes or directs your mind and heart and, and spills over in a way you live. How do we know what's important? How do we know how to get our priorities right? Answer the other question. How deep is your love? <laughs> um, how has your love grown? Over the last couple of years. Are you more in love with the Lord? Are you. Are you more in love with people? Do you act. Out of love. Because. When your love grows. It. It spills over. It flows over into his life. It affects relationship. It. It affects situations you. You, you, you find yourself in it, it, it affects the way you, 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 you think about your relationship with God. It affects the way you think about yourself if your love grows. How does, how does love grow? Paul says the interesting thing. He takes, back, he takes it back to the beginning. Um, let's, let's look again at verse 6 where it says, Being confident of this, that God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion God is busy working God is not yet finished with you he remains commitment his promise is that he will continue to work until completion what he started in your life he will continue and he's going to finish it we give up easily on people um, it's easy for us sometimes to give, even to give up on God, to give up on faith, to give up on church. We get discouraged when, when life takes hard turns and our well-laid plans and dreams don't come work out. When people disappoint us, when we disappoint ourselves, God doesn't. Just, just go back for a little while to the day that you gave your life to Christ. Can you remember that day? Can you remember what happened? The excitement and how, how easy it was to worship Him, to pray, to talk to Him, to, to, to talk to people about that. But over time, it phases out. Over time, we, we lose it. We, we move away from God. And, and life happens and things in life happens that make us doubt God, doubt our faith. It makes us that we want to give up, move on. God said, he says, he's not going to give up on us. He's never going to stop loving you. It's going to keep on working in you. And also in the situation you are now in. 
and with everything that's going on in your life, that's still his promise. He's going to keep on working, keep on caring. He's not done yet. The second thing that Paul says is that Jesus makes it possible for us to keep on believing in love. It's what Jesus did. And it's our connection with him that helps us to keep on believing in that. To keep on growing our love. Because it's who Jesus was and what he did. And the way he treated people and the way he treated, uh, he acted um, in different situations that showed the world how much he loved them. If you just think back to his cross, to his crucifixion, the day he died, what he did on the cross, there wasn't one word of blame. There wasn't one word of ang anger. There was just grace and forgiveness. Or love for that matter. It's who Jesus was. And what Jesus did that shows us love. And how love works. Paul says. What God promises he will do. And who Jesus is. That makes a difference. That's most important. And it's not as if he is writing it in a situation where his life is good and everything is working out for him. Paul is in prison. Paul is literally chained to two gods, handcuffed to two, two gods. Humanly speaking, it's mostly the, um, it's possible the most, the, the lowest point you can reach or experience. Just think about that, that you're in prison. You don't deserve it. You did nothing wrong. And Paul says everything that happens to me. He preaches the gospel. That's very, really true. It's all true of us. We, we get angry and hurt. And we walk away easily. From people, from difficult situations. We want to give up. We give up on difficult relationships and difficult people. Sometimes it's just too much. We don't like to want to make that sacrifice. We don't want to give more of ourselves and our time. We don't want to invest in people. We don't want to spend time with difficult people. We get angry when people expect something more than we, what we are willing to give. Paul is unfairly in prison. He's innocent. He doesn't deserve it. And what he does and how he handles that situation tells us what he believes, who God is and who Jesus is. That's the gospel that people need to hear. He sees how God's love changes his own heart. And because he clings to that love, he can handle difficult situations and difficult people in such a way that people see God's love. That's why he says, I pray that your love may abound 
more and more because what i do in difficult situations tells what place the lord has in my life show how much love is in my heart and that's the gospel that people need to hear or maybe we should ask more often how can i live the gospel how can i show people god's love in the situation that i'm in now towards the people i'm living with now my family my friends my wife my husband my kids my parents people at work how, 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 what can I do to show people God's love? That's the question. That's the important thing. Because God says, He's not going to give up. He's not finished yet. And the prayer is for our love to increase day by day. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your promise that you're not yet finished with us. That you will keep on working in our hearts and lives and minds. That you will keep on investing in us, giving yourself to us, loving us. That you will not give up. Thank you for your love. And we pray this morning that you will increase our love, not only for you, but for people, for ourselves, for a world we live in. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. We have an amazing opportunity to give. Um, you see all the options available. Um, thank you for everyone that gave continuously and diligently. We really do appreciate that. It does make a huge difference. It's my prayer that your love will grow in depth of understanding and insight. It's my prayer that you, your love will grow in the way that God loves you. Jesus loves you. And that it will change you, your mind, your heart. It doesn't matter in what situation you find yourself in. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.